Hello and good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's, uh, it's a bit strange standing up here. Usually at this point, I'm sort of the one taking a seat. So uh, to be standing up here this morning is a bit strange. It's different, but it's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be having the chance now to, to speak to you from God's Word. Um, if you want to just turn in your Bible, as it says there on the PowerPoint, to Isaiah 43, and we're just going to read verses 1 to 3 together. I know Sharon's already turned to Isaiah this morning, but if you're not familiar where Isaiah is, if you know where Psalms is, then you can go Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and then you're at Isaiah. Uh, so we'll just we'll just read that together now. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And we'll just end the reading there. Do you know, honestly, it's, it's as if Sharon and I were working in parallel because nearly everything that Sharon has said is ties in and what's really what I'm going to be saying this morning as well. Um, so as you see from our PowerPoint, our title is God's Strength Through Our Struggles. And a book I read recently was entitled Struggling But Winning. Um, and this, this wee book focuses on characters from the Bible and it really zooms in on the problems they encountered and how God led them through as they trusted in him. Struggles are something that we face every day of our lives uh, and there seems to be an endless number of circumstances and scenarios in life that we struggle through. Whether it's through pressures and stresses at work, school or college, battling with an illness or watching someone we love battle with one. Or it could be that we're watching someone come to terms with the loss of a loved one or coming to terms with our own mortality as well. The list goes on and on. And as we see from just the list that we had of prayer points this morning, there is so many things that we struggle with and we see others struggle with as well. Uh, And one thing that I did to help me understand what struggle is, I looked up what it meant in the dictionary. Uh, And this is what struggle is described as in the dictionary. Making a forceful or violent effort to get free of restraint or restriction or constriction. And we see two things mentioned in regard to struggle from this brief description. So the first thing that we see is something that constricts or restrains us uh, or something that bears down on us. And then the second thing that we see is our action towards it, and that is us trying to get free from it. And in the portion of scripture that we just read, we see the most amazing promises from God in the face of our struggles. Originally, these words were given in order to comfort the Israelites as a nation. They had disobeyed God, and now they are faced with the reality of capture by the Babylonians. They turned from God and instead had turned to wickedness and idolatry. 
and God would punish his people for turning away from him God was going to use another nation, Babylon to punish the Israelites for their wickedness and what would follow would be an extremely dark and trying time for God's chosen people they were going to struggle with their punishment and God knew that and gives these words of comfort to them Isaiah begins chapter 43 by reminding the people that these words were not his but that they were the words of the almighty God he starts by saying this is what the Lord says and he's trying to draw attention to the importance of the words that we're about to follow and he continues he says he who created you O Jacob he who formed you O Israel it's a humble reminder of who the people were being addressed by here the creator the sustainer of heaven and earth wanted to comfort his people a people who had on countless occasions turned their backs <coughs> on him and as we come to the next part of verse 1 it leads us to our first point where we are told to be fearless the second half of verse 1 says fear not for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name you are mine God's people here are being commanded not to fear these words were prophesied by Isaiah before the actual Babylonian captivity had taken place so before the nation is even punished before they've even been captured God is telling them he will be with them and never leave them the Israelites would suffer greatly at the hands of their enemies yet even through this God has promised that he would be with them there are no signs of God leaving or abandoning his people it's absolutely the opposite in fact and we can feel a deep sense of God's abundant unending love for his people when he says the words you are mine when we are at our lowest these words remind us we are cared for. It is the image of a father telling his children that no matter what happens, he will be there for them to support them and help them. And this comfort is only made greater by the words that follow, I have summoned you by name. God is telling his people that they are set apart for him, chosen for his glory. It's so easy for us to lose sight of God uh, when, when we're going through a struggle or a difficulty to become so wrapped up in it to let fear take over and for us to become disheartened. Fear is a reflex when we're going through a time of struggle. Everyone has fear from time to time. If you don't feel fear, come to me afterwards and let me know the formula because I feel it a lot all the time. Um, but fear is a reflex the same way that we blink if we feel like something's going to fly into our eye or we tense up when we expect pain fear is a reflex but this natural reflex can be something that takes our focus away from God God recognised the heartache that awaited his people 
how much more does God not understand and recognise our difficulties today and they faced Babylonian captivity? We are commanded here in verse 1 to fear not. And why? Why should we ignore this natural instinct? Because God commands it. He has redeemed us. He has saved us. And if God had a rescue plan to deliver us from our greatest struggle, our sin, then he most certainly has a plan in place to bring us out the other side of a trial. What we really need to do is trust in God. To look at our struggles without fear, it's a hard thing to do. But not to look at our troubles and wonder, how am I going to get through this on my own? But instead to look to God and pray that he will strengthen us in our faith, in him, and lead us through our trials. Let's not forget that it's God's sovereignty that places us in every situation in life, whether it's good or whether it's bad. We need to look for his purposes in them and not look for a quick way out of them. So this leads us then to our second point. So we've been told to be fearless. Now, point number two, we are upheld through fire and water. Fire and water are probably two of the most deadly elements in the world. Many people lose their lives to them due to their ferocity and power. And someone I know of had a life-threatening experience with water at one stage. This person had headed down to the seaside to jump into the water with their friends. And when they arrived, they could see that the water was extremely rough. It was extremely choppy, but they decided to jump into the water anyway. But it was only when they had thrown themselves into the water from the, the rocks on which they stood that they realised how dangerous it was for them to be in the water and so they decided to make their way out as quickly as they could and call it a day at that but before they had reached safety before they had got themselves to the point where the sea couldn't reach them a large wave came from behind and knocked one of them down the face of the rocks on which they stood and into the sea to make matters worse during the fall uh, they had struck the rocks on their way down and had hurt themselves and were now helpless in the choppy waters struggling to even keep their head above them and they fought to stay afloat but the more they fought the more exhausted they became every wave that came down on top of their head dragged them under deeper and deeper I don't know if anyone in this room has experienced this before but this and the long and short of it is what drowning is and they were fighting a losing battle against the ferocity and power of the open waters thankfully that person was saved and there is no doubt that God intervened in that situation because the waves died down they became calm enough so that injured swimmer could slowly make their way back to the rocks and be dragged to safety by their friends and that example is a good illustration of struggle and this is so often what we feel when we are going through a period of struggle or trial the feeling of nothing solid beneath you uh, nothing overhead you can grab onto nothing you can help yourself out with 
nothing we can lean on for support. We feel helpless as though we're drowning. <coughs> we're thrown in and things seem to pile in on top of us and we can't keep our heads above the water. We can't catch our breath. We start to lose heart, start to become disoriented in our struggles and lose sight of what's important. In these verses we are reminded of God's presence with us. No matter our struggle, big or small, God says, I will be with you. He should be our focus. He should be who we look to for help and support. The picture of fire is also used. Uh, The verse says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. These words of comfort are directed at the people of Israel as they contemplate their coming trials. However, these words are a tremendous comfort and promise to all those who trust in him. No matter our issues, no matter our difficulties, no matter how ferocious and frightening our struggles may seem, God tells us here we won't be overcome. We won't be engulfed. He is with us because, going back to verse 1, we belong to him and we are safe in his care. So then this leads us to our third point. So we've been told to be fearless and secondly we've heard that we are upheld through fire and water and now thirdly we have assurance of our foundation. At the start of verse 3 the people of Israel are reminded of why they shouldn't be afraid as they face Babylonian captivity. God reminds them saying for I am the Lord your God. It's always nice to have someone with us when we face a trial to share the load, if you want to put it that way. Uh, And that old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved, uh, comes to my mind. Even just to have someone there to listen to what you're thinking and feeling, it makes a difficult circumstance uh, that wee bit easier. But when we know that the one who is with us is the Lord God Almighty, The comfort we can take from that is beyond comparison to any other companion we could have with us. We don't even need to explain how we feel to God because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And we were reminded of that this morning in our children's song too. At the end of verse 1, God tells his people, you are mine. And in verse 3, God is telling his people, and I am yours Verse 3 says, For I am the Lord your God. God shows a love and a devotion to his people in these words. In the valley of the promises made in verse 2 is applied in this verse because we are reminded who makes the promise? The Lord God Almighty. In the book I mentioned at the start, entitled Struggling But Winning, The author in the closing chapter of the book makes reference to these verses and when he's talking about them he says these words Such promises are only valuable to us because of the one who makes them. Any fool can make promises he can't keep but this promise is made by the one who says I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel your Saviour. Right the way through the Bible, when God 
has made a promise what has happened it's always been kept it's always been fulfilled it is impossible for God's promises not to be kept God's promises don't come with a lifetime guarantee they come with an eternal guarantee the same God that holds those promises is the same God that holds us through our difficulties and will deliver us from our difficulties a reminder of what God has done for his people is made in verse 3 when he addresses himself as your saviour or their saviour God had delivered his people out of the hands of the Egyptians and he had led them through the wilderness he had delivered them on many many occasions and again God comforts them by saying that he would sustain them and deliver them from their future trials and these words are applicable to us as well because of Jesus' death for us he saved us from sin that would have otherwise condemned us to eternal punishment ultimately folks if you are a Christian here today God has delivered you from your greatest struggle (coughs) your sin through all our struggles God has promised to be with us God doesn't walk away from us once we've been saved he continues with us and will never abandon us Um, the title this morning begins with fear not because if we put our trust in God and have had our sins removed from us through asking Jesus to forgive us then we are protected and kept by the King of Kings who is with us now and forevermore it's not my intention to scare anyone this morning Um, if anything my intention this morning is to encourage everyone who's here but if you have not put your trust in Jesus then the reality is you face eternity without God eternal separation from him and that is something to fear that is something to be really scared of because it will mean non-stop anguish non-stop pain and non-stop grief and there is no escaping that struggle there is no escaping that punishment once you're there but eternity with God means eternal unending joy and peace in his presence and the only way we can have that eternity that joy is not through anything that we can do but it's through what Jesus has already done and we can have that by asking Jesus who paid for our sins on the cross we can have that by asking him to forgive us and then we can say I don't have any fears Jesus paid for and removed (coughs) my sins and I belong to God just in conclusion then I was trying to think of a good illustration to use in regard to struggles and a lighthouse out at sea came to mind Um, and a lighthouse well this lighthouse in particular gets hammered by waves and it still stands how can something that gets hammered so much like that there still be standing afterwards and it's all because of this it's all because of what it's been built on it needs to be built on a solid rock I don't know if you noticed as we were singing the song at the start my lighthouse every picture of the lighthouse that popped up was built on a solid rock a solid foundation 
And if we are trusting in Jesus, then we also are built on a solid rock. Like the lighthouse, standing firm, being hammered by waves, relying on its foundations to stand, we have to do the same. Trials will batter us from all sides, but if we are rooted in Christ and trusting in God, we will never be uprooted. We can leave here today with a lot of encouragements. God's promises are always a massive comfort to us. I think that everyone here today will know that just because we are saved does not mean that we have an easy walk ahead of us. Nor in the Bible does it say that we are saved from our struggles. We all go through tough times and have things that weigh us down, but we have God who knows us intimately, knows our troubles, knows our trials. The thing to remember is that God is always there to guide us through our trials, through fire, through water. No matter what comes our way, we are told, fear not, God is with you. Amen.